Greetings, and welcome to episode 40 of Third Heaven Authority Podcast. I'm Mike Thompson. This is part two of Spiritual Perceptions and Perspectives. We've been studying about how that the spiritual realm has its own communication structure and how that being spiritual people, born again, filled with the Spirit of God, that our inner man, our spirit being, has the ability to see, hear, touch, taste, smell in the spiritual realm, to gain information on the inside that comes up through our mind and gives us the kind of inside information that we really need it to be, as the Bible calls, being led by the Spirit, walking in the Spirit, hearing the voice of God, navigating the heavenlies, um, learning the ways of the Spirit, seeing the form of the Lord. There are so many different ways to communicate to us that God wants us to learn those ways. Now, remember, all of this is in line with third heaven authority. If we are going to be people of authority and faith and just powerhouses in the spiritual realm— and to do it God's way, the way he created for us to operate, to know, and to become impacting forces, bringing heaven to earth now in our lives, our families, in our cities, our nations, and to bring about great spiritual awareness, salvation, revival, all of those things. Man, we're talking about uh, casting out demons, laying hands on the sick, raising the dead, powerhouses in God, in order to be in that level of third heaven authority, then we must learn spiritual perceptions, how to train our inner man to develop those and to use those perceptions in the spiritual realm, and then they lead to spiritual perspectives. You can't really have spiritual perspective without the perceptions. I'll explain that a little bit further here in just a few minutes. But let's go into just kind of analyzing some things that the Bible says are actually the communication structure in the kingdom of God, in the spiritual realm. Remember, the Holy Spirit is the one who's in charge of the communication structure of God. He's the one who reveals and transmits things to us. But that's all in the realm of not only the Spirit's work, but also angelic work. There's so many things. Let me, let me just kind of jump into this. I, I've got about eight things I want to talk to you about here. Number one is that we have what's called the inner witness. You'll find that in various places in the Bible. What is the inner witness? The inner witness is a knowing in your spirit. It comes sometimes with a check or with a release. There's a check, there's a grading, there's a, uh, no, that doesn't feel right, and I shouldn't do that, or I should get out of this place that I'm in. You just feel, there's a discerning that kind of happens with that spiritual check, but it also can be a spiritual release. There's a smooth, velvety, go-ahead feeling. It's nonverbal, it's an impression that comes from God, the Father, or Jesus, our Lord and Savior, or the Holy Spirit's presence in our lives, or from angels and the activity that they have around us. 
And so these impressions just lead us. It's, it's kind of the way that we probably were saved and born again to begin with. And as I was kind of referencing in part one, that it's sometimes called a conscience on the inside of us. It's a spiritual awareness in addition to the natural awareness. A lot of times people don't really follow their conscience very well, and that can end up in blaming God for mistakes and problems and actually uh, searing your conscience. So you want to listen to your conscience. You can trust a born-again conscience if you know what to listen for. Number two, there's the inner voice. Now, the inner voice is the voice of our human spirit. It's verbal. Uh, it's not really God telling us something. It usually is I. I perceive this. I understand. I conceive. Or you may even call yourself by your name. Like I would say, Mike or Thompson, stop doing that. But there's this inner voice uh, because of the existence that we have in the spiritual realm and that God's on the inside of us. So the Bible even talks about how that we can train our senses to know the difference between good and evil just by hanging out with God, worshiping Him, and just learning these ways of the Spirit of God. So a lot of times your spirit, it, think of it this way. If you physically were to were walk into a room, you would be able to see and to hear things that are going on in that room. Well, your spirit, by proximity, connected with situations or people or circumstances, is there, and by its own perceptions, very often, the inner voice, it will know what's going on and what you're supposed to do about it. So be careful, though, because... Uh, you also have to have the voice of God to kind of tell you what to do about it. Number three, there's the voice of the Holy Spirit. The voice of the Holy Spirit is a you, not an I. It's verbal. It's the Holy Spirit telling you to do something. It ranges in intensity from the still, small voice of the Holy Spirit to a voice that is a little more authoritative than what your inner voice is. And he'll speak to you. He'll say, you, you shouldn't do this. You stay away from that situation. So it's just one of the ways that uh, spiritual perception and communication comes to us. Now, number four, there's also the voice of the Lord. Now, the voice of the Lord is also verbal. And remember, when I say verbal, I'm talking about in your spirit, man, in your heart. You hear it in there. It's almost to the point, many times, of seeming audible. There are times that the Lord has spoken to me in a way that was so strong that I had to stop and just see if there was anybody around. Uh, that was actually doing the speaking. It was that loud. It seemed audible to me at the time. It's the strongest and most authoritative of all of the voices when the Lord speaks to you that way. Now, number five, there's also the voice of angels, of course, which is verbal. 
Uh, and that voice many times is interpreted as the Holy Spirit. And that's okay because they're under the auspices of the Holy Spirit and the Lord Jesus and the way that they function and operate. Uh, there are at least one place in the book of Acts where it says that the Holy Spirit was doing something, and then it described it as being an angel. So they work together. That's my point. And there are angelic visitations. There are impressions. You think about it this way. Anything that a demon can do on a negative, wicked, evil side, angels can do on a positive, redemptive side. If demons can influence and speak to you and harass and do all these things, manifest and oppress, then angels can also, on the positive side, God's side of things, can bless and encourage and strengthen. Jesus received strength from them in the Garden of Gethsemane before his crucifixion. We receive strength. They speak to us. Uh, sometimes you'll actually see it. You know, the Bible says that be careful when you're entertaining strangers that sometimes you could be entertaining an angel unaware. So make sure that your righteousness is always clocked on and you're doing the will of the Lord. Now there's number six. There's visions. Visions and dreams. Now, a vision, of course, is something that's going to happen while you're awake, and a dream is something that happens while you're asleep, in a general sense. Now, I personally believe that they're both the same. There are some people who say that visions are a higher form than dreams, and there are others that say dreams are a higher form than visions. I personally believe that they're identical. You know, even um, uh, the prophet in the Old Testament called them dreams as visions of the night. It's a way the Holy Spirit is revealing things visually, that you see things. And that's seeing it in your mind, sometimes painted on the canvas of your heart. We're all unique individuals before God, so he has his own unique way of revealing things to us. For instance, my wife C.K., is a dreamer. She sees dreams a lot. They come in the night. God speaks to her. It's remarkable, very prophetic, very accurate. But she also then sees some visions. Now, I'm just the opposite. I predominantly see visions and occasionally will have dreams of the Lord. So it's a way that the Holy Spirit communicates those dreams and visions can be just an image, just a glimpse, and you just catch something, just kind of like in your heart or in your spirit, and kind of out of the corner of your eye. Uh, as you learn to walk in these spiritual things, then you come to a place like I do where very often I'm seen in the spiritual realm and in the natural realm simultaneously. I can't describe it to you any better than that. It's something that you'd have to just work your way into, it comes by experience. I gained so much knowledge by experience along the way. I remember very often uh, I would stop and analyze what I was seeing, feeling, hearing in the spirit, 
and notice exactly how it manifests, when it manifests, what was going on around me at the time of that manifestation. And then I learned every time that one particular thing would happen, like for instance, a word of knowledge. I, I feel the word of knowledge by an anointing. And I'll get to that in just a few minutes. And I would feel that on my stomach. And if I felt it on the bottom of my stomach, the person had an ulcer. If I felt it on the top of my stomach, then they had some kind of a, uh, a stomach situation that was a concern about their digestion, etc. Sometimes I would feel anointings, words of knowledge that would come upon me and if it would be like a band around my head. And at that point, I knew that there was the person had a headache. But then if it came over the top and felt very heavy and oppressive, then there was an oppression that was coming upon them. So you just learn these things as you progress. That's my point. Okay, besides those glimpses, just little quick things, there's also a spiritual heart vision where it plays out a whole lot more. You see, you can see it going for 30 seconds, a minute, or five minutes. And then you get into what would be actually a full-blown vision. And in those full-blown visions, I have had a number of them where uh, occasionally I go into a trance and my body just doesn't really respond if I'm laying down and praying, it just seems like I'm asleep and I have this whole vision. If I'm standing behind the pulpit, I just see it and I, I just watch it. And sometimes I'll even freeze in the pulpit or get very slow. Again, these are individual things of the way that the Holy Spirit moves and works through you. Uh, very often in that form, there are visitations like angelic visitations that happen. Number seven. There's taste, smell, and feel in the Spirit. Many times, people will, it'll happen in a spiritual realm that they can actually in their mouth taste a funny taste, or they smell. If it's something that's very good, they will smell maybe a pleasant aroma, such as a flower. But if it's evil and wicked, there may be a stench about it very caustic. The same with smell. It could be a pleasant, I'm sorry, taste. It could be a pleasant taste or it can be a sour taste. Things that just the Holy Spirit showing you what's going on. And then also the feel. We kind of covered that a little bit when I was talking about the inner witness, but you can feel things. Sometimes there will be a comfortable, warm, peaceful, just feeling that comes upon you. And then other times, it's this grating. There's something wrong. So all of these things point you in a way of the Spirit. Number eight, the final one, is anointing. Anointing is the spiritual empowerment. It's kind of like, like a spiritual electricity that comes upon you. It's an anointing oil, something that pours in. There's different ways to describe it, but that anointing is permission and empowerment to do something. 
And so you can feel that as a very compelling force or drive. It's just an unction that's there. Sometimes there's a tingly sensation or a warmth or a coolness that may come upon your body. So all of these are just ways that your perceptions, spiritual senses are picking up on things in the spiritual realm. Sometimes people feel that that's just off the charts. That's unrealistic. God just doesn't work that way. What do you mean you're hearing from God? Well, you know, in the book of Acts, the Bible says that the Spirit said to Philip, remember when he was there ministering to the Ethiopian eunuch? It literally says, the Spirit said to Philip, and then caught him away. Peter, when he was on the rooftop in Joppa, the wording, the Spirit said to him. Teachers and prophets who were gathering together to anoint and to send off um, Barnabas and Saul, it says that the Holy Spirit said to them. You know, Agabus says he was showed by the Spirit. The Jerusalem Council, they said, this all seems good to the Holy Spirit when they were making a decision about the Gentiles. Paul and Silas were forbidden by the Holy Spirit. Now, it doesn't really say exactly how, because all of these things that I have just shared with you priorly are ways of communication. It just says they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to go to Asia, and then the Spirit did not permit them to go to Bithynia. It says it uh, in the 18th chapter of Acts that Paul was compelled, constrained, motivated by the Spirit to do things. So you see the Spirit at work leading and guiding, not just the early church figures, but all of us today. Now that leads me into spiritual perspectives. Let's talk about that for a few minutes. You all know that I teach on third heaven realities and third heaven authority, primarily because of my encounter with the Lord in 2010 when he took me to third heaven. And while I was there in third heaven, he had me look down through a portal and see a bunch of demonic activity that was going on below. And my body was actually in a prayer meeting down on earth. In a whole bunch of people were praying, and we're praying from the earth up, from their perspective. And God was telling me now, launch your warfare and pray from here from a heavenly perspective. When you get into learning the perceptions and how to hear the voice of God, then that leads you into the ability to change your perspective. Instead of on the linear level, just looking out to everything that's going on through your physical eyes, now by the Spirit of God, you have the ability to be raised up. When I say raised up, it can be that you are still right there in your body, you're still watching, but suddenly you have this 
otherly perspective from above. It's a different vantage point. You see it in the spiritual realm. And it can go from there up through visions, dreams, all the things that I've described to you where you're even caught away and you are actually up above the circumstances and you are dealing with them from that perspective. And if you are, then it means that you have the spiritual insight and foresight and wisdom to be able to handle them according to what the Holy Spirit is sharing with you at the time. This is also very interesting, and I want to assure you that it is completely real. And anybody that you respect as having a powerful spiritual walk with the Lord with signs and wonders and gifts of the Holy Spirit, miraculous things happening in their lives, have learned how to develop these kind of things. But I I really want to take just a few minutes, if I could, in wrapping this up today, to talk about just some very simple apologetics on the manifestation of the Holy Spirit, because a lot of people just have problems with it. And it's important to understand that there is cause, effect, and result. The cause of all these is the presence of the Spirit of God in our lives. It is being born again. It is the kingdom of God being released through us. The effect, though, is the spiritual manifestations, number one, like salvation, baptism in the Holy Spirit, fruit of the Spirit, revelation, uh, knowledge, spiritual empowerment. So walking in the Spirit produces a lot of spiritual impact that affects the natural realm. There are all kinds of physical manifestations that occur then, such as healing, physical healing, deliverances, people speaking in tongues out loud. Now, some of these not only happen at home or when the Spirit comes upon, but it actually can occur in gatherings where believers come together, such as uh, a church service or a ministry service, any of those things where people are gathered together and the anointing of God just comes in and the glory of God begins to hit people. So in the Bible and in my own personal experience, here's a few more of those manifestations. People sometimes shake under the power of God. Sometimes they fall under the power. The old term being slain in the spirit, which sometimes is thought of negatively, but falling under the power of God. Sometimes people cry. Other times people laugh. There can be a holy peace and a silence. Sometimes they're shouting, praising God out loud worshiping him. Many times people will feel heat or they'll feel cold or they'll feel goosebumps. Some will become drunk in the spirit, intoxicated in the spirit, overcome by the spirit of God with those kind of manifestations that would seem like if somebody had drank or under a substance control, but the spirit of God is the one who's doing that. Remember on the day of Pentecost that Peter had to stand up and say, these men are not drunk as you suppose, because that's what they were accusing them 
uh, and because of the behavior that was manifesting. Sometimes people's lips will begin to quiver when the Holy Spirit is upon them. There could be fluttering of eyelids, body jerks, compulsions to prophesy or to sing out loud. In other words, the Holy Spirit affects you in such a degree that it can manifest physically. There are also environmental manifestations, such as signs and wonders in the heavens, phenomena in the atmosphere, the weather, physical surroundings. All of these produce a result. It's a godly change in the person's life or in the ministry. People will be saved, filled with the Spirit. Miracles will happen, but they'll have more stable and stronger lives, become more in love with Jesus and loving of others, greater passion for revival and soul winning, and boldness and increased faith. We must learn to yield to the Spirit in these areas. He will overcome, but usually it's because of our yielding. I've seen the Holy Spirit and His divine glory invade services that were just so phenomenal, where everybody was just left on the floor, kind of in a puddle, and they were being healed, and the Spirit of God was doing inner work and outer work and bringing great glory to Jesus Christ. And it seemed that the Holy Spirit just came in and overcame everybody. But there was a prerequisite. And that is that they gathered together, giving permission to the Holy Spirit to do what he wanted to do. They yielded to him, and then they accepted the manifestation. My encouragement to you is to just start where you're at and begin to build and train yourself and learn the ways of the Spirit, spiritual perceptions, spiritual perspectives, and spiritual manifestations. It will enrich your life, and you will become many-fold more accurate in hearing the voice of God and many-fold more powerful in displaying the kingdom for you, your family, your friends, your city, your nation, the body of Christ. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ right now, I just pray Release that anointing upon your people. Release the understanding and the work of the Spirit of God that they may be led by the Spirit of God all the days of their lives. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Join me in future episodes by subscribing to Third Heaven Authority with Mike Thompson on your favorite podcast platform. Walk and be led by the Spirit and walk in Third Heaven Authority and God will use you mightily on the earth. God bless.